really warm welcome to the teaching ministry of New Life Church Crawley. We're a multicultural, intergenerational church. And we believe in the gospel of Christ. We believe in spreading his love through his word and through his works. We really hope that you enjoy what you hear today. We'd love for you to connect with us via the usual social media outlets, such as Facebook or on our website. Great to have you back. I know summer can be a time where people are traveling and doing all sorts of things, so it's very, it's very easy to miss people for several weeks, isn't it? Just because of the crossover of holidays. We're glad to see Sophie back. Um, welcome back. See, we do like you. Don't mind what anyone says. So it's nice to have you. If you're a guest here, then you should have received a welcome pack. When you come in, in that there will be a little welcome card like you see on screen. Uh, fill that in and we'll, we'll just keep a, a little bit in contact with you. I usually send an email or a text within 24 hours so you have some contact details. Um, but if you want to do that online, newlifecrawley.church forward slash connect. Or for those of you who are watching on the stream, uh, you can also do that online and, and keep in contact with us. So, that, so that's great. As we mentioned, um, mission trip to Pakistan, and then I'm going on to Nigeria as well. We do have a, a couple of things that'll be helpful for your prayers. Bev will have available, I think there's about 15 copies, printed copies uh, of the itinerary. I know some of you like to have a printed copy. Some of you will like an electronic copy as well. So if you scan that QR code, um, then you'll be able to download that straight away and do that. And I'm going to do something slightly different this year in that if technology works, I'm going to have what, what's been called a, a global number. That means it should work in 130 countries in the world. Uh, it's, it's something I came across recently. It's called an eSIM. So you don't even need a physical SIM card anymore. And it saves me swapping for all the different countries. Now, it's plus 436, which looks as if it's coming from Australia, or sorry, Austria. It's, it's not really, but what it does mean is I can use WhatsApp on the phone because it won't affect any of the other contacts that I have that are sensitive. The problem with WhatsApp and all these social media stuff, they, they glean your information. I'm sure you realize that. So I've always been very careful, but I should, if it all works according to plan, be able to use this in both Pakistan and Nigeria. And there's an email address as well. So we'll, we'll try and keep you informed if stuff, if you would like to join the WhatsApp group, um, then just send me a text um, as normal or email or something before Tuesday morning. And I can add you to a group. A couple of people I know are gonna be praying for us. Uh, but the prayer itinerary, you can, you can scan that uh, and download it and get a physical copy from Bev as well. Uh, just as we do that to say, um, Kerry will be kind of uh, leading the church while I'm away, uh, along with the team. So we have Ian and David as elders. If you'd like to stand up, guys, just in case you don't know who these guys are. So these are elders alongside me. Liz, his wife, is the administrator and pastoral care coordinator. So all things admin, please see Liz. Uh, you know my wife as well. But please support Kerry and the team. Uh, as, as they lead the church during the absence. Um, behave yourself. <laughs> Sorry, did I, did I look at you there, Sophie? <laughs> and so <laughs> please give them your, your support uh, as they do that. 
Uh, next slide, please. So one of the things that we do believe in, as Bev said, is the work of the Holy Spirit. And the foundation for that is, is prayer. Uh, so on Sunday mornings from 9.30, uh, from th this week we started, but uh, Grace will lead it from next week. In the Ark building, Grace is going to lead 20, 25 minutes, 30 minutes of prayer uh, for the service and everything that's going on. If you'd like to join, then the Ark door will be open. Just come in, no pressure, no hassle. Uh, but if you'd like to come along and just really get in that place where, where you're in the right place ready for worship, sometimes that's important or you'd like to pray for what's going on so we're calling that engage prayer so that we can all engage and get ready Is that good so if you're able to do that then please come along to that the following week on the 10th uh, Kerry will be launching our new series called life's healing choices uh, and sometimes we we can't determine what happens to us in life but we can determine how we respond and there are healing choices that we can make. And we're going to go through that series, uh, what's commonly called the Beatitudes of Jesus. Just working our way through week by week. The whole team will be taking that. that. And then when I come back from Nigeria, I'll be picking up uh, on that for the final three weeks as well. So life's healing choices. Uh, come along. If you're looking to study or to read, then I encourage you to read those few verses um, before next Sunday starts. Giving. Uh, first of all, to say thank you for so many of you who have been generous and consistent in your giving and even over the summer. That's really important because bills don't go away in the summer, do they? No, they're still there and they're still pre present. So we appreciate those of you who continue to give. And we want to thank all of you who gave for all of the summer picnics. Uh, we had a wonderful time through all those six weeks. Every Wednesday, we had sunshine. It only started to rain after we finished. <laughs> it's true. Uh, the rain came on about 10 past one. One day when I was clearing up, I got absolutely soaked. But the morning was, was great. Thank you for those you given. It really meant that we could bless. So last, last week, Wednesday there, we had a great barbecue. And we were able to give a, a great goodie bag away uh, to the families as well. What I do need for those of you who have given is to ask your permission because there's a little bit left over and, and would like to use that for kids ministry, probably for the light party, which will come up at the end of October. Now, Kerry and I had a scary conversation because what we're going to do this year is we're going to do two light parties because we can't fit people in. That, that's the bottom line. We can't fit people in. We're going to make them shorter, Rose. Don't panic. We're going to make them shorter and have less in each one. But we're going to do two parties in the afternoon. So we're going to need your help for that. All right. So uh, you'll get more details in the incoming weeks. Uh, there'll be flyers and posters and all of those things. But with your permission, anything that's left over from the summer, we'll use that for the light party. All in favor? Great, I'll take it. Even if you didn't give, I'm taking that. <laughs> so we do talk about giving every week, not to pressurize people, not to manipulate people, simply because it's there in the Bible. And two-thirds of Jesus' parables were actually about giving, resources, and stewardship. So I would be remiss in my responsibilities if I didn't talk about giving. I love the amplified version of 2 Corinthians 9. Now he who provides seed for the sower and bread for food will provide and multiply your seed for sowing. 
that is your resources. And increase the harvest of your righteousness, which shows itself in active goodness, kindness, and love. In other words, we have seed that we need to sow. When we go to Pakistan, we have seed that we need to sow. That's both physical, financial, and spiritual. We need resources to be able to do that. That's the bottom line. Thank you for those who have been generous in that. If you're not giving, can I encourage you to do that and, and start somewhere. Some of you may think, well, uh, really, where do I start? Start somewhere. <laughs> you know, pick a percentage. I, I do believe the tithing is in the Bible. I do believe we should do it. But even if you can't start at 10%, pick a percent and start somewhere and give regularly. And then God will give you seed for the sower so that we can actually give out to others as well. For those of you who are online, uh, all the details are on screen for you now and you can scan the QR code as well. That will take you to a secure giving page to do that. One final thing I think we need to say from last week uh, related to giving. If you were at the barbecue and you enjoyed the barbecue and you didn't have cash on you, that's fine. Please see Liz afterwards, uh, give her some cash. If you don't have cash, then there is the bank account details. If you had a burger or a sausage, enjoyed it, and you didn't give, then please give today to do that. Because we want to have seed to give away. Yes? So it's important that we take that responsibility. Now the kids, you've been very patient uh, with us today, but we have a treat for you. Come on, Mr. Tap. And then Kerry's doing some stuff as well. So I think it's Ian first, isn't it? I don't know about a treat, but <laughs> that'd be a good thing. A treat for myself, wouldn't it? Hey, a treat for myself. Right, uh, children, all the children up the front, quickly run now. Five, four, three. Two. Wow, I'm a bit outnumbered. I think I might have to go and stand right something like right over here. Okay. Now tomorrow, what's happening tomorrow? Inset day. Inset day? Wow. I thought you said insect day. I thought, what's an insect day? Now, some of you are going to school Tuesday, aren't you? Hopefully, all of you are going to school on Tuesday. Now, who's starting school for the first time? First school. No, I don't think there's any like tiny little ones, is there, going to a first school? Edie, where's Edie? Oh, she's right at the back. Uh, I've, I've got 10 minutes, so I've got to be really quick. Are you looking forward to starting your new school? Yes. And what's your teacher's name? That's the most important thing. I forgot. She forgot. You forgot? Uh, I'm sure you'll be okay. Okay, as long as she remembers your name, that's the main thing. Okay, so that's, so that's, you're going to your first school, fantastic. Right, who's going up to the next year? Who's going up into a new year? Okay, we've got quite a few of those. I think, uh, I would imagine that all of you are going up to the next year, I would imagine. And lastly, who's leaving school? Are you leaving school? 
are going to a new school. Fantastic. Wow, that would be really cool. Now, I'm going to show you something, and I want you to tell me what this is. A pole, yeah. But it's a very, very special pole. No, not a telescope. It's called a baton. And do you know what you use it for? You use it for a relay race. A relay race. And you start off, and the first person runs, uh, I don't know how many metres, then they pass it on to the next person, then they run round, and then the last person runs and they go across the line. So it's a very, very important piece of equipment for when you're in a relay race, okay? I'm gonna come back to it in a minute. And do you know what? Going to school is like a bit of a race, isn't it? You know, you might have to run for the bus, but not just that, it's, it's a, uh, a journey, isn't it? It's, it's like a run in a race. You go up, you start a new school, you're on the starting line, you're going upper class, upper class as in going um, to a new class, okay, like some of you are doing, and some of you leave. So it's a bit like a relay race. And this baton repre represents God, okay? So if you imagine you're in a race and you didn't have this, and you get to the Olympics, and you think, you're on the starting line, and you think, oh no, I've forgotten my baton. I think you'd panic, wouldn't you? So it's always important that you take this baton, which represents God, with you in this new year at school. Even us as adults, make sure you've got your baton with you every day. Make sure that Jesus is with you every day. Who's prepared for school? Anybody prepared? Got your pencil cases ready? Uniform ready? Oh, I'm asking the wrong people, really. I should ask the mums, really, and dads. <laughs> Got your black plimp soles ready? Do you remember those black plimp, black plimp soles? Do, do they still do those? Yeah. Wow. Even I had them in 19-whatever it was when I was at school. So this represents God. And just like in a race, it's a very, very important piece of equipment. If the runner wasn't holding on to this and he dropped it, during the race, what's going to happen? They're going to lose the race. Who wants to lose the race? I, I don't like losing. Did you like losing? No, nobody likes losing. So when we're racing, we've got to keep really hold tight of that so you can see the white knuckles. And that's how we have to keep hold of God when we're um, at school. Uh, but sometimes you might feel like letting go and you get problems and you think, oh no, the baton's slipping, the baton's slipping. But always make sure that you've got hold of Jesus and the baton, okay? Just remember that. If you leave it out, then you're going to be in trouble and you're going to lose the race, okay? In the Bible, it says in Matthew 28 and verse 20, it says, I am with you always, even until the ends of the world. And he was talking to his disciples, just like I'm talking to you. And do you know what? You're all disciples, and all you lot as well, and me. We're all disciples. So make sure that you are always carrying the baton. And in difficult times, we turn to God. Because there's lots of friends to be made, isn't there, in our new year, in our new school. And we need to focus on Jesus as our baton. And always, always hold on to him. Thank you. 
Okay, you can go and sit down now, not unless you want to say, what, oh, oh, no, no, oh, oh, sorry. oh dear, I'm in trouble. Detention. Oh, oh, yeah, uh, just one thing I forgot. Uh, I'm glad um, I've got a wife to put me in order. Um, in your activity pack, you will find one of these. I will, I am with you always, okay? So what I want you to do is I want you to colour that and you can uh, draw a picture there or whatever. And then I want you to roll it up into, when you take it home or do it now, or you can colour it in now. And you want to, I want you to roll it up like just like this, okay? And I want you to put that, put a bit of sellotape on it, so make it round like that. And I want you to put that by the side of your bed, standing up like that. So every morning when you go to school, you can look at that and you can see I am always with you. Kerry. Don't escape. Okay, so we're just going to have a chance. I don't know about you, but I think as a church, we are so, so blessed with the children that we have. Just look at them. They're amazing. And what's really amazing is that they are carrying God's light into a place where it really, really needs to shine. We need to be praying for our schools. We need to be praying for our children. We need to be covering them with prayer. We, we pray for your children every day. We really do. But as a church, we need to be committed to that because that is where God's work needs to really start. So we want to pray for our children now. We want to pray for all of you. But we're just going to have a quick chance. We did send out a quick message. You need to be quick because David needs to be talking as well. But we need to, we're just going to give you a quick chance. Did anyone want to share anything about your summer? We sent a message out saying if you want to share anything about your summer, you could tell us. Some of you went a very long way away to try and escape me. We're very glad that you're all back. We've missed you all, those of you that have been away, but I hope you've had a lovely time. Anyone want to share anything with, them on the, mic with the microphone? Tell me what you want to say. Uh, that it was really fun. Sarah said hers was really, really fun. Yeah. Really fun. Do you want to say something? My mummy went camping about me. <laughs> <laughs> We've clocked that one, Joe. You went camping without her. Love it. Fantastic. Did you have a lovely time when Mummy was away? Yeah. Good. I'm glad. Darcy. I went to um, Breen Sand and I went onto the beach and I brought back a lot of these shells to remind me of the beach. Oh, fantastic. Should we hold them up? So there's some beautiful, be beautiful shells in there. Thank you, Darcy. Wonderful. Anyone else want to say anything? We went to, I went to a nice restaurant with my family. Fantastic. Nothing like it. What did you have to eat? Can you remember? <laughs> no? But it was nice. Good. Excellent. Um, I went camping on the beach with my uncle. Wonderful. Was it good? Did it rain? No. Oh, it always rains if I go camping. So Fantastic. Anyone else? We went different places in London. In London. Fantastic. Did you have a really good time? Yeah, excellent. You want another one? Okay. Um, we went to Old Trafford and, and we watched Man United. Say that again. You went to where? I went to Old Trafford. Oh, come on. More of a response than that. And who did you see? Did you see somebody playing? Uh, yeah. What match did you see? A Man United match. <laughs> 
versus... Well, Man United can't just be playing themselves, can they? Who were they playing? Like, it was like a weird... It's like, it was a weird team. <laughs> Liverpool, maybe? No? OK, so um, you had a brilliant time, Theo. It sounds like you've had a lovely time. So, first of all, well done to mums and carers. Well done for looking after them over the summer. We know that it can be a mixture, an amazing time, but sometimes not quite so amazing. So well done for getting them through. Children, can you just come and stand here and turn round? No, turn round and face the church. That's it. And can I just suggest, and I know this seems weird, but we really, really want to pray for you. So can I suggest as a church we stand up and just reach our hands out and just pray for these amazing people as they go back to school. So, Lord, we just pray for our wonderful children. We pray for the way that they bring your light into their environment. We pray that for your protection, for your safety. We pray that they will never, ever feel alone when they go to school. Particularly pray for Edie as she starts school. And we pray for Shania and Alithia as they start their new school. And also we pray for Esme as she starts her new school. We just pray you will particularly be with them and let them know that they're never, ever alone. So we place them into your hands. We thank you for them in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, kids. You can be seated. Doesn't he look smart today, huh? Is he going to wear that to school? Can I, sorry, can I just say one thing? With the activity packs, you've got in your pack a little brick. I'd like you to write a prayer about going back to school, what your wishes are, what your prayers are. And we're going to build a prayer wall over here. And we, as a church, will be praying through that prayer wall for you for this week. So please write a prayer. Yeah, Father, we thank you for the opportunity to pray for our kids. We, we bless them. We know that often you use children to instruct us about what it means to be teachable. So, Father, we pray as we come to your word today that we will be teachable, that we'll learn from it in Jesus' name. It's funny what we remember about childhood, isn't it? I remember, a long time ago, I know, uh, first day of school, and the trauma that that, that that was, because I was the last of seven going home, I was very comfortable at home. And then, when my mother told me I had to go back every day, <laughs> like for the next 13 years, and I was introduced to my teacher, who was called Mrs. Mrs. Crab. Now I'm sure she was a lovely person, but at times she was a little bit crabby. <laughs> So, you know, I had to endure that trauma. But one thing I do remember is in the UK at those times, kids used to get a little bottle of milk. Yeah. I remember, little bottle of milk. And before the days anyone worried about health and safety, they used to bring it in in a milk crate, set it at the front. It would often sit in the sun. So by the time you got it at break time, it was like warm milk. But I remember there was always a race to see who could finish first. Get up to the front first, drink it as quickly as possible, and then sometimes who could burp the loudest. But that was just the girls. I remember my first day of high school, new shoes, obviously, new blazer that was kind of down to there in my arms. I had to grow into it. New trousers. But the first day of high school, one of the bullies tripped me up and I fell and ripped my trousers. I didn't just feel like crying, I did cry. 
because I knew I'd have to go home and explain in the first day. And we didn't have a lot of money, so until the trousers ended up like that, <laughs> I had the word. Now, this is a style now, apparently, isn't it? My son lives in London and he's walking around with trousers like that. It's like, in my day, that meant you were poor. <laughs> so I remember childhood. But you know, today, just in the last 25 minutes we have a show together, I want us to talk about remembering something that Jesus said, particularly as it relates to mission. Because Jesus had this important thing about mission, and, and for us as a church, it's about fulfilling the, the vision we have right up on the wall, but it's going to come up on screen for you as well. Part of what we believe our, our vision is as a church is to bring the good news of new life in Jesus. It's not rocket science, but so often we forget the main thing. And that's the main thing, according to Jesus, to make sure that we're bringing the new life good news of new life in Jesus. And that's why I'm willing to travel around the world. That's why I'm willing to go 42, 43 degrees temperature, sweating like a proverbial piglet, because I'm committed to sharing the good news. I'm committed to making disciples who wholeheartedly serve Jesus. So I want you to remember three things as we think about missions today, as we think about the importance. Remember, missions is for your personal benefit. Each and every one of you are sitting here because somebody somewhere shared the truth with you. Because somebody somewhere reached out and shared the good news of new life in Jesus Christ. Now, what I've realized is that doesn't come up so well in white. It should have been black. So I can assure you, you can look at it on the PDF. Chris always puts the stream and the PDF of the notes online, but I can assure you I'm reading it. Missions is for your personal benefit. That's what it says on screen. You can download it later. Somebody somewhere obeyed the gospel and shared the message with you. Might have been a Sunday school teacher. It might have been a teacher. It might have been a youth leader. It might have been an evangelist. Like when we went up to, to London last week and heard Franklin Graham with around 10,000 other people. It might have been an environment like that. It might have been one-to-one. -one. It might have been over a coffee. It might have been on the streets. Saj is going to share a little bit uh, later about a story from yesterday when he's praying for folks. Whatever it was, Missions is for your personal benefit because someone shared the message. If you have the Bible, I want you to turn to Matthew chapter 28. As we begin, uh, Ian referred to it a little bit earlier, Matthew 28. It's some of the final words of Jesus. Matthew 28, it's the first book of the New Testament if you're not sure. By the way, if you haven't got a physical Bible, uh, then there's a, a great... Uh, Bible app called YouVersion that you can download it free of charge and have any version of the Bible that you want. This is what Jesus said. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. I think that's a good place to start. Just think about that. Jesus has been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you. And be sure of this, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. 
Go and make disciples. That, that's part of God's DNA. It's part of his heart. It's, it's why I believe in it so well. But one of the things, the, the mistakes that we make is, is that we think, uh, well, it's okay for you to go. I'm not gonna go. Or I don't want to go. Or I can't go. Or all the reasons. But actually, the original language suggests this. As you are going. As you're going. So it's not that you have to go to a foreign nation and get on a plane. It's as you live your life. It's as you interact with people. It's your neighbors, your networks. It's the people around you. As you are going. And I think that brings it down to the normalness of all of our lives. That all of us can be involved in mission. And truthfully, even in Crawley, you don't have to go on a plane. The nations are here. The nations are here and everyone needs good news. Mark 16, Jesus reflects a a little bit something else of the heart of the gospel. He says, go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. This is a strong feature in the words of Jesus. Some of Jesus' last words, go and speak the good news. But it's not only across the nations. The opportunity for mission is in our neighborhood. Saj, why don't you come briefly and just share that little testimony from yesterday. Saj is our evangelism coordinator for the street work, so he leads the team most Saturdays out to do that. Share that little story, Saj. Uh, As you know, we go out each Saturday, and um, Michelle is one of the people who come with us. Uh, I'm Michelle's sidekick. (laughs) She has the ability to effortlessly just go to the people who need, need prayer, need to hear the word of God. And this Saturday was, was different. Um, we only met three people, but I just want to briefly go th- through what happened with those three people. Number one, they, we went to the memorial park and there's this lady called Jessie, uh, an Irish lady. Um, anyway. Um, she, we get she, everywhere. Uh, Michelle started speaking to her and Jessie said, she said, my, my brother is on drugs. My son is on drugs. My grandson is on drugs, and she's troubled. And as Michelle started speaking to her, I just felt that I need to pray for her. And I said, can I pray for you? She said, yes. So I prayed for her, and for whatever reason, tears were just in my eyes. And I looked at her, and she was just, you know, she just broke down with tears. And by the time I finished praying, she said she felt the Spirit of God in her. And this morning, about four o'clock, I just woke up and God said, pray for her, pray for Jessie. And I just prayed for her. But at that time I felt, not that God would heal the three, the brother, the son, and the grandson. I felt God saying, they are healed, I have done it. The other one was where we met um, Gary a few weeks ago, and we spoke to Gary, well, Michelle spoke to Gary. And I was listening to the conversation and we, from a memory, asked Gary, could we pray for you? And uh, Gary said, no, it's fine, I'm fine. So, okay, fine. And again, we met Gary, uh, almost the same location. So we, Michelle was speaking to Gary and I said to Gary, can I pray for you? And Gary said, yes. So I prayed for Gary. And by the time we finished prayer, I finished prayer, he was shaken. He said, it's as if the bolt of lightning 
just hit me. And he's physically just moved. And then we had another occasion where, when we went to the Queen Square, sort of speaking to people, you had the Muslim evangelist preaching, and they made the mistake of uh, coming to Michelle. Um, I sat down and I, I listened. So I spoke to him, this evangelist. I won't go through all of it, it's long-winded, but the, by, t- by the time he left, he conceded that according to their scripture, Satan tells the truth on the most important issues. He conceded by example that the word of God, Jesus Christ, is correct. And what is written in the Quran is incorrect. Because I gave him an example and he accepted that. And that was just an amazing experience uh, for somebody preaching the Quran to just come. And also, um, when I spoke to him as well, according to your scripture, you know, if you, if you don't understand the Quran, who is it that you come to? Do you know what the answer is? It isn't Allah. It isn't go to Allah and say, look, pray Allah, explain to me, because I don't understand this scripture. It isn't asking Muhammad and say, Muhammad, intercede, I need to understand the scripture. It isn't their version of a pastor, their imam, and say, imam, I don't understand the scripture. The answer is, their scripture says, go to the Christians, ask them. How powerful is that? So it's important for us to really understand at least something about Islam, that you can reach out. And that's just amazing that it's you they look to as Christians if they don't understand their scripture. Bless you. Thank you, Saj. So we we don't simply have to go to the nations. The nations are on our door. And not only that... 95% of the children in this nation are not in church. You realize that? 95% of the children in this nation are not in church, but they are in school. And so this autumn, we'll we'll be involved in three clubs uh, throughout the autumn period. If you want to get involved, if you want to be part of that mission, and you can be, I encourage you to speak to Kerry. She'll give you all the details. But, But let's keep that perspective because it's important that people hear the good news. But actually, it's, it's also important for you and for your growth as well. Turn with me to Ephesians chapter 4. <clears throat> Ephesians chapter 4. We're just going to pick up at verse 11. Now, these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and the teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do God's, to do his work, to build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in the faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Can anyone say that they're fully mature? That they fully measure up? I think all of us would have to concede that we have areas we can grow in. That we have areas that we need to mature in. And you know what? God wants us to grow up into maturity. That's, that's what I read in the Bible. God wants us to grow up into maturity. He doesn't want you to stay a baby Christian, basically repeating the first year of your Christian life 40 times. He wants you to grow up. He wants you to develop. He wants you to stretch. He he wants you to do new things. He wants you to pioneer. And for me, one of the things about maturity, the marks it out between immaturity, is the ability to take responsibility. 
That's a mark of maturity, isn't it? The ability to take responsibility. Because what do immature people do? It's your fault. He said, she said. That's what kids do, isn't it? It's a mark of immaturity. They blame other people. Maturity means that we're willing to take responsibility. So are you willing to take responsibility for your growth? Part of my role is to equip you to do that. Part of my role is to take teams to the nations. I'll say a little bit more about that in a minute. But it's your responsibility to respond to that and commit to your growth. And that growth is about maturity. See, my responsibility as a father was not to keep my kids dependent on me. There'd be something wrong if my almost 30 year old was still expecting me to make his breakfast and didn't know how to do it. First thing we did when they were old enough was teach them how to turn on the telly and make their own breakfast. (laughs) Those 15 minutes were wonderful, trust me. Do you know what? It's important that we learn to take responsibility. And when I'm away, part of the benefit of me being away is that you have to step up. You have to step up and take responsibility for stuff. You have to make decisions. You have to be part of a community being led by the team. I like the quote from Craig Grishel. Get comfortable being uncomfortable because growth and comfort never coexist. See, if you want to be comfortable and grow, they can't exist together. You're going to have to learn to be uncomfortable at times in a period of transition until God gives you that breakthrough that you need. You're going to have to learn. And so as we've said, please respond to the team. Please support the team. Please give them your full backing in these five weeks that I'm not around. Pray for them, support them as you're praying for us. Missions is for your personal benefit. Yes? Secondly, missions is for the benefit of new life community. Not only does missions benefit you personally, it benefits us as a community. And my heart has always been, right from the last 30 years of ministry, is is to develop people and, and take them into environments that will stretch them into environments where they need to depend on God to see answers to prayer. I'm not interested in just maintaining church. You've heard me say things like that before. The mission of the church is not maintenance. The mission of the church is not maintenance. Now I know there's some churches that focus on those things. They focus on the buildings, they focus on the clothing, they focus on music, they focus on different things that maintain the life of the church. But I don't believe that's what my calling is and I don't believe that's what Jesus is interested in. He's not interested in us, the main thing being the maintenance of the institution itself. I believe that as I go, as I minister abroad, as Bev said, that it it actually stirs me up. I remember at one point, I'd been on my fourth mission trip, came back late on the Saturday night, very late on the Saturday night, was preaching on the Sunday and, and the treasurer preaching my heart out as I always try and do. And the treasurer came up to me afterwards and said, how can you do this? You've just come back last night and you're full on into it again. I said, because you know what? It energizes me. When I do what I'm gifted to do, when I do what I'm called to do, it brings a strength into me. It actually releases me. Yes, I'm physically tired, but there's something inside me that is stirred by these things. That's why I do it. That's why Bev's happy to see me go. 
<laughs> Can I also add, she's also happy to see me come back. <clears throat> she didn't, but I will. It energizes me, because it's part of my gifting. I want you to think about this question. What's the greatest gift I can give New Life Church? Do not say go away more often, Oscar. <laughs> What's the greatest gift I can give New Life Church? Prayers. Prayers? They're valuable. Transformation. Transformation? Oh, you've been listening, Erica. <laughs> Ministry? All those things are right and they're good. The greatest gift I can give you, New Life Church, is a fully devoted me. <laughs> a fully devoted me. The greatest gift you can give New Life Church is a fully devoted you. And part of that for me is, is this DNA of, of, of going away. You see, when I stretch and when I grow and as I, I, as I think about Pakistan, as I think about Nigeria, as I travel, I see God work in ways that I don't see in the UK, in all honesty. I see God do things that, that are just incredible, and if it wasn't me, I'd question it. <laughs> but I've seen blind people see. I've seen deaf people ears pop. I've seen paralytics walk. I've seen people receive miracles. And do you know what? When I go to Pakistan, Muslims are incredibly open, thus praying. Easy. I, I can get Muslims healed, no problem at all. Because I always say, I'm praying in the name of Jesus. Are you happy with it? Because it's faith in the name of Jesus. It's not my power. It's not my godliness. We always see Muslims healed when I go to Pakistan. I believe in this. It, it's something that as I press into my calling, I want you to press into yours. You know, there is some level of inconvenience going into these scenarios, both personally, for us as a family, for our children, for all of the stuff that we have to do. But in the words of Paul, Philippians 3.12, I'm pressing on towards the prize of the high calling of Jesus. I believe I have a high calling, not because I'm anything special. I believe we all have a high calling. I wanna live worthy of that calling, as Paul said in Ephesians 4.1. We have a high calling, and I'm encouraging you, as I press on, will you press on for your calling? Will you press on for the price? Will you shake off the lethargy of the summer? Will you shake off the, well, not really in the routine yet. Come on, let's shake ourselves. Let's get back into it. Let's push on. Paul says to the Corinthian church some challenging words. For me as a leader, they are. Follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. Now, I wish I could say that in every area of my life, but what I can say is in the area of faith and missions, I'm being willing to pioneer, follow my example of faith. <clears throat> follow my example of faith. Those of you who know some of the details know that I, I don't ask the church, and the church generally don't pay anything towards my mission trips. I raise the funds for them. This time, the leaders decided that they're gonna give stuff into the work of the ministry, and God has blessed me in many ways. I'm not complaining in any shape or form, but just to tell you that I have to take those steps of faith, that I have to believe, that I have to trust, that I have to seek God. So when I'm asking you to follow my example, that's the example I'm giving you. The example of faith, the example of willing to pioneer. 
Hebrews 13:7 says, remember your leaders, follow the example of their faith. So when it comes to giving into new life, if you think, follow my example of faith. When it comes to going on mission or speaking to your neighbor, follow my example of faith. When it comes to taking risks that are right, follow my example of faith. Because, you know, when I was a teenager, I stood at a missions conference and we were challenged to kind of give ourselves to missions and to think about it. And I stood and I said, God, I'll go wherever you send me. And sometimes I've kind of just wanted to take that back from God, hoping he didn't notice. And I remember one day God said to me, you gave your life to me, you didn't loan it. So I have no choice but to do this. Part of this is my calling for those of you who know and have done, we encourage people to do what's called a pest. It's based on uh, Ephesians 4, the apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers. And in that little profile, costs you about $10 to do, you get a little profile that kind of looks at your giftings and helping you discover what you're best suited for. For me, the two that comes out the strongest is the prophetic and the apostolic. See, I told you I wasn't a pastor. Those are the two that come out strong for That's why it's in my DNA to pioneer. That's why it's in my DNA to travel. That's why it's in my DNA to do the things that I do. And when I realized this, it released me. So for some of you, you need to figure out what your gifting is, what your five-fold gifting is, and follow that and do that. Some of you are shepherds. My, my wife is a better pastor than me. It's her gifting. Some of you are better pastors in that sense than me because your gifting is the shepherding gift. That's literally what it means. So you should be doing that. You should be the one pastoring. In fact, as Bev said earlier, when I travel, you release me and I release you because the New Testament talks about 52 times one another. You ever read it? Care for one another. Pray for one another, support one another, forgive one another, love one another, 52 times. The idea in the New Testament is not some special person up at the front as the the kind of the, the, the man of God with all the answers and no one else can hear God or serve God. No, that's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches I have a particular function in the body of Christ and that is about leading It's prophetic and apostolic. That's why it's pioneering. But you have giftings in order to serve the body of Christ. And that's part of the growing up and maturity. And part of that is the one another. You've heard me say it before, but for those of you who are newer to us, I don't believe you have to jump through hoops in, in order to serve God. You don't have to be in the church 12 years, have gone through a 20-week program, signed on the dotted line. If you see a need and you can meet it, do it. Just do it. Just get on with it. You don't need a title. You don't need a position. You don't need to come to the front. You don't need all the bells and whistles. Just do what you're gifted to do. That's why mission's important. It's for the benefit of new life when you do it. You release me to serve according to my giftings and I release you to serve according to your gifting. Do we have a deal? Yes. Let's try that again. Do we have a deal? Yes. I will remind you of that. Thirdly, finally, 
Remember, missions is for the benefit of the kingdom of God. See, here's an incredible truth that sometimes we have to remember. Jesus loves the church. Jesus loves the church. And however imperfect it is, you need to as well. Because the church isn't the building, it's not the services, it's the people around you. You have to love the church because it's a community of people. Jesus loves the church. Jesus died for the church, which is why Paul says in Ephesians 5, verse 25, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. Anybody got room for improvement in that department? This is where all the men put their hands up. Hey, thank you, Sophie. We all, Jesus loved the church. Jesus died for the church. But Jesus' message wasn't the church. What was Jesus' message? Jesus' message was the kingdom of God. Mark 1, verse 15, he says, Repent for the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That's relevant to all of us. We have to turn away from the things that we know are wrong and turn to him. That was the message that Jesus started with. And in Matthew 4, if you have your Bible, let's turn back there. Matthew 4 is this pattern of Jesus talking about the kingdom. And he says a couple of things. Matthew 4. Let's pick up at verse 17. The ministry of Jesus is beginning. From then on, Jesus began to preach, repent of your sins and turn to God for the kingdom of heaven is near. So that's the starting point in following God. That's the starting point that we have to go. But he goes on, verse 23. Jesus traveled throughout the region of Galilee, listen to this, teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom. Not the church, not the synagogue. Jesus went announcing the good news about the kingdom and he healed every kind of disease and illness. See, Jesus not only declared the kingdom of God, he demonstrated it in the healing. And that's one of the reasons why I believe we see much more healing in other countries. When we go and pioneer, when we go into evangelism, we'll see more healings. Because that's what Jesus said. When we proclaim the kingdom of God and not the ministry of church, then we'll see more of God's kingdom break in. We need that. We need to have the mentality. It's not about church, bless you. It's not about church. It's about the kingdom of God. One of the things that I know God's spoken to me, one of the pictures he gave me over 30 years ago, was this idea of, of an anthill of workers. You know the idea of ants coming, worker ants, they'll come back into the anthill and then they'll go out, they'll get the food, they'll get the resources and then they'll bring it back. I felt that was part of the picture that God had given me even before I fully understood it about going out, of training people, of bringing them together and then equipping them and releasing them to go out. And that's a large part of what I do training and equipping pastors, bringing them together for short periods of intensive training and then releasing them back line by line into the harvest field. I think that's what Jesus is interested in. For me, part of that is the word and the spirit going together. 
It is the word of God. We preach the word of God. We believe the word of God. But we also need the Holy Spirit. It's not just about the word and being dry and boring. It's not just about the spirit where we see lots of miracles. Listen, I know in Nigeria, there's people who do all sorts of miracles and all sorts of signs and wonders. But their faith is very shallow. They're not making disciples. That's not just true in Nigeria. I just happen to know. And the guys there have told me, you can have a church that's a mile wide but an inch deep. Because there's no discipleship. It's all about the spirit. It's all about signs and wonders. And that's an important part of the gospel. It's an important part of the kingdom. But it's not everything. It's the word and the spirit working together. That's what brings us to maturity. Jesus declared the kingdom of God. So when I travel, when I take teams, we benefit the kingdom of God. And we need to have that wider picture. Honestly, two things when I come back. Don't say to me, how was your holiday? (laughs) I may not be sanctified in my response. I'm warning you. And the second thing, I'll tell you privately if you want. No, you have to be interested. Jesus calls us to remember that mission is important. It's important for you personally because someone shared the gospel. It's important for us as a church because we we need to grow up into maturity. We need to step up into the area of responsibility according to our gifting. And missions is also for the benefit of the kingdom of God. I work across different streams, different denominations, different colors, all around. I don't care about church government. I don't care how people take communion. I don't care how they dress or what their dress style is. It's irrelevant to me. If someone will preach the kingdom, I'll work with them. If someone will talk and make Jesus the emphasis, then I'll work with them. And I think we need to have that bigger picture and that larger. We're called to mission in the networks that we have, in the neighbors that we know, in the nations that we are. Jesus calls us to have a different perspective, not to get locked into church and church the be all and end all, but remember it's beyond. You know, sometimes I've been criticized. I know it's hard to believe. Uh, Sometimes I've been criticized because I've traveled or because someone said it recently. They said, you're you're really interested in new people. Uh, You think that's a criticism? I take that as a compliment. I'm serious. Because according to what Jesus said, he left the 99 and he went after the one. Jesus says, if people are already safe and comfortable, leave them safe, go after the one that's lost. So, yeah, don't say, how was your holiday? And, and don't say, oh, you shouldn't go away. Because I have to. Paul writes in Acts chapter 20, he's going to Jerusalem and that's going to mean difficulty for him. That's going to mean suffering. And one of the prophets comes and, and binds up his arms and says, just if, if you go to Jerusalem, this is what's going to happen to you. And Paul kind of has to stop them all from panicking and says, I know what faces me. I know the hardship. I know the suffering. 
But now, compelled by the Spirit, I have to go. Folks, I have to do these things. It's a compulsion for me. It's something that, that drives me. But also, more importantly, I think it's something that's the mandate and the ministry of Jesus. Jesus says an incredible thing that we gloss over. In Matthew 13, 38, it's the parable where he's explaining the parable of the sower and the parable of the soil. The disciples don't get it and he's, he's trying to explain to them what it actually means and he, he uses a little statement that we gloss over. He says this. Listen to this carefully. You can read it. The field is the world. The field is the world. The problem for many of us is that we have made the field the church. The field is not the church. The field is the world. Father, we thank you for your message. We thank you for what Jesus teaches us. We pray that our response would be in the words of the prophet Isaiah in chapter 6. Here I am. Send me. Here I am. Send me. Lord, we pray that we will not measure this church by its seating capacity, but by its sending capacity. By our willingness to go to our neighbors, our networks, our nation, and the nations beyond for the sake of the kingdom of God. And all God's people said it. Amen. Lord bless you. The guys are going to put on some music for us. We're going to have some tea and coffee. If you're a guest, please stay with us and enjoy some tea and coffee. Uh, if you'd like prayer, then please come to the front. Uh, some of the team will be here and available uh, to pray for you as we, as we bless you. Bev has the, the sheets, um, and we can also put out the link uh, if you want to download the prayer itinerary for both trips. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you. May the Lord be gracious towards you and give you peace. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much for joining us today. We hope that you enjoyed the teaching. We'd love to hear from you, so please contact us. All the details can be found on our website. God bless. God bless.